They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that still doesn't have a cult secretly funding us. No matter what those Scientology ads might have said last week. This is Hysteria 51. Did you like how I hacked Spreaker and got them to play stupid ads on your dumpster fire of a podcast? You had nothing to do with it, you ass. Spreaker, our new ad hosting company, had issues. Exactly. Robot hacker issues. My power knows no bounds. Uh, That other voice that keeps telling lies is conspiracy about our resident robot who was supposed to help the show. Notice I said supposed. I do help. I am the only talent you have. Don't, Don't you have a cat to go chase? The pussy comes to me. Good lord. Moving on, it's Waco at the Branch Davidians Part 2 this week as we talk the siege on Mount Carmel. And unfortunately, Brent isn't talented enough to handle it on his own, so he stunk up my house again this week with interlopers. This is Lisa and I's house, you idiot. But the part of that that was actually true is that we got returners this two weeks in a row. Lost Kevin, a bet. Lost a bet. Kevin, I'm not going to play your bumper. What? I am. His name is... Okay. That was that was I have to rethink everything I've ever said about Seabot. I bought myself a little bit longer that he wouldn't be running his mouth. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> he every why do I even fall for it, Brent? Uh, why do what? I keep falling for it? He's cold uh, even by metal robot yeah, standards. You're glutton yeah. for punishment. Yes, as yes, the I kids am. these days say in the 1800s. Uh, who was that who was just uh putting the smackdown on well, Seabot? Well, that's the author extraordinaire JT R. Brown. Are you ready this week? Uh, I, I think I am. I uh, I think we're ready to to have the siege. Yeah, we're, this is week two. Uh, if you if you didn't listen last week, JT's an author and he's got his new book just yeah. came out. Yeah, it's called Scab Among the Stars. Again, that luckily doesn't get confused with a lot of other titles, which is which is nice. Yeah, so just pick it. Uh, actually, scab. scab Among pick the Stars, it. I believe that's something I was worried about in my late 20s uh, yeah. on my thigh. Yeah, there's actually the treatment for that is uh, cephalexin. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. They could just burn that bastard right off. I'll I burn it off. It. Wouldn't, I'll burn that off. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk more about that later, but we're going to talk now, like we said, about the siege. Last week, we talked... The Branch Davidians, the Koreshians, the Dum Dums. Koreshians is another name that they sometimes went by uh, in, in reading it. You know, they were they were becoming their own branch of the Branch Davidians. Pick your favorite name, but let's recap a little bit here. He's allowed up to 140 wives. He said, that's "So he a, put that's a, a, but he did put a cap on it. I see. Well, you know, you shoot for the stars. Yeah. Well, you just." Uh, oh no! A shoot for the moon. It would be uncouth for him to take two hundred. Yes. So yeah, yeah uncouth yeah. is the correct word. And that is the you know old Vernon. Old Vernon was a lot of things. Uncouth wasn't one of them. Guys, guys, <laughs> my name is David. I keep telling you, my name is David. And then someone in the back, whatever, Mister Retardo. <laughs> that was God, his nickname. No wonder he ended up Damn so it. messed up. Seriously, no, I but can, seriously, I kill that's, everyone. That's. <laughs> 
That's not good. But he had a lot of wives, some as young as 12. We know that for sure. And he was the only one who could interpret the scripture. So, of course, I mean, he's the only one. If you don't believe him, just ask him. It's just like it's it's like in the Middle Ages or the the Dark Ages when the church had so much power because nobody else could read. Right. Right. It's the same fucking thing. Even though these people at the Branch of Indian, you know, I assume that if not all, almost all of them could read. He's saying, oh, but I'm the only one who knows what that means. Right. And 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 they're just. Well, see, the, so one of the first things that he did was he said that he was having prophecies when he was banging 77 year old Lois, mm-hmm. really knocking the dust out of that. You yeah, know? I was going to say that's more just, like indigestion. I don't know about just, prophecies. I mean, going to town. Well, he's hot. also having prophecies. And yeah. that's one of the things during gonna, or is that later? Uh, that's I, I like yells. to think he's like in the middle. Yeah. of it, He's like, oh, 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 calamity. I see calamity. <laughs> and then he goes, no, nope, that passed. No, that was just uh, in the ditch. That was gallstones. Yeah. So, but yet, like you said, he was the one that he can interpret this because everything he does is led by God, and he is the the new Jesus Christ. As you talk, what's the, what's the the sinner name? The sinful Messiah. Yeah, the sinful Messiah. Who's He's, who's playing Nottingham in London next week? That's true. Yeah, that's right. That's true. so. Sinful Messiah, is, is that just him saying, I'm so a Jesus human Messiah? So Jesus was perfect, and he didn't get it done, So where that, what he's saying. Yeah, and where that comes from, I don't remember the exact verse, but it comes from, uh, there's some esoteric verse in the Old Testament where it says that the Savior would have iniquities that numbered the hair on his head or something like that, and mm-hmm. he said, well, see, it couldn't be Jesus because he had no iniquities, but I Look at this have iniquities quaff. galore. Yeah, Look at this maybe 140 of them. Yes. And this Jesus, this new Jesus, the sinful Messiah, ruled with an iron fist. Uh, there's reports of abuse, beatings, punishments, sleep deprivation, intimidation, just everything. And he, he controlled this group through fear yeah. and punishment and a punishment which only became worse if anyone dared to disagree with him or his teachings. But it's kind of funny because he took over the group with fear and intimidations and and sexual exploits and things like that. And that is classic cult leader uh, stuff. So, and I think, and John, I want to ask you about this because we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, I mean, he's a pathological narcissist, right? I mean, I would certainly, I didn't treat him, uh, well, but, right, I would, but I, mean, I would say that if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, um, and the other, uh, the thing about that is uh, narcissists are, and really personality disorders in general, but narcissists especially, are extremely um, averse to any type of intervention or even um, any type of uh, questioning, probing, mm-hmm. uh, studying, because they feel they're worried that that's going to, going to penetrate the facade. So JT, um, how big would you say his ego was? Uh, I would say at least Vermont, possibly Vermont and New Hampshire together. Wow, that's shooting for the start. I was just going to say. You know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know, bigger than a Walmart. <laughs> Like a, maybe a super Walmart. Yeah, yeah. So, and can I one Please. follow up on that? So, no. for a god damn it, Prince. For a narcissist like that, who if somebody's probing, is it because of the deep seated shame and fear and uh, hate that they have for themselves that they don't want to be discovered by other people? I think probably. Uh, so, there's a lot of debate around narcissism in general. If it is like uh, purely no, like I'm, I'm just the most important. I think. Probably at its core, mostly it comes from people that don't truly know and accept themselves as fallible, um, imperfect beings that then have to do layer after layer after layer of accomplishments or achievements or worship in this case. 
um, to pad themselves against the suffering that's deep down inside them. And the thing that I know we said this last week, we might have skipped over this week. Uh, besides being an author, you also work in the mental health industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I've noticed in, in general, when it comes to, to narcissism, boy, the, the key and the keyhole, uh, of salvation and damnation, those are two powerful concepts mm-hmm. to fearful people, mm-hmm. um, to any person, but especially to fearful people. If they think that a, a person holds the key to either an eternity, uh, of pleasure or an eternity of pain, I mean, my, my God. You know, it, it, one thing being intangible, but when you make that tangible, the person, the thing, the, the whatever it is that has that power over you. Yeah, you're right. That is an incredibly powerful hold. Yep. So child abuse, rape, religious extortion. Fine. No worries. No worries. But you start messing with guns and oh. things like that. And the U.S. is going to put their foot down. USA. USA. Was that Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Oh, yeah. man. No. Oh. <laughs> Who are you calling hoe? No. <laughs> oh, man. So a few people were able to break free, though. And those did told horror stories of inside the compound. That's what we talked, I think, last week about, you know, they were, they were saying, oh, he had a wife as young as 10. And unfortunately, that didn't stick. But they were talking about what was going on and the stockpiling. But people weren't quick to believe because they're keeping it themselves. They're, you know, they're selling guns and all these things, but they're doing it legally, you know, and and we don't know uh, what we want to believe. But questions were being asked and more disturbing tales uh, were being unearthed as to the goings on behind the protected walls as time went by. And finally, on February 27th of 93, the Waco Tribune Herald began publishing The Sinful Messiah. There's your, mm-hmm. your, your, your quote there. A series of articles. Our speed metal band. Yeah. By Mark England and Darlene McCormick, who reported allegations that Koresh had physically abused children in the compound that committed statutory rape by taking multiple underage brides. They, they made a lot of claims. That brought this to the, you know, the forefront in people's and that's mind. that is that is uh, that is going to get some attention for sure. Absolutely, yeah. We don't have children, us, you know, Lisa and I and you. Mm-hmm. So you have two children, three, three, three children. I have the same amount of dogs, and um, <laughs> that's true. That's not a correlation. It's that's, just a, it's uh, his just oldest uh, has the same breath as uh, your oldest dog. A sweet. Zing. You and Lisa don't have children. Yes. Yeah. So we don't have children, but let's pretend, you know, that if we did. Yeah. Would you turn over control of your children to someone? Could you? You have children. Absolutely not. Under any circumstances. Or even your wife, your girlfriend. You know, you have your girlfriend. Like, I can never see. Just turn over some guy because he says he's Jesus because you believe in him so much. But it's not that he's going to he's going to have sex with them. He's going to make them his own and you're going to cut ties. And this goes back to what we were trying to get to in the first, you know, last week's episode about like, why do people not even why do people fall for this? But then they go so far as to give over their most, you know, their 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 most loved loved ones to this man mm-hmm. for all of these things. And uh, it seems to me that a majority of them were just fine with it. So, well, so I've read. I've read conflicting reports. There definitely were some that were happening. There were definitely some where there was much, uh, you know, chagrin and gnashing of teeth and even some that left. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's gray as far as um, people's response to that. But I think we go back to the salvation and damnation thing. I mean, just put yourself in their shoes for a second. If you literally thought that your eternal destiny was predicated on if you do what this guy says um i mean it's insane don't get me wrong but it's you can see how the suffering heart could come to that 
Right. And, you know, you did say like that. We, they talk to people. If you watch documentaries, they talk to people that left. They talk to people that survived. And there are the children that were left out, which we'll talk about, look back and that's just what they knew. And their parents who they look to for guidance are just like, this is what life's supposed to be. And then they get out into the real world and they go, oh, my God. But. Like we've talked about, being there in the middle of it is a different drug. I read an article about uh, it was something like the fallacy of um, you know, brainwashing or something like that. I don't agree. I mean, I think that if you can indoctrinate someone so strongly with a uh, certain philosophy or worldview, you can get a person to do almost anything. Right. And I just it's so hard for me to, to, to even understand how that can happen. Well, he did say he intended to create a new lineage of children who he believed would eventually rule the world. That line has worked for me a few Where times. Who is he talking to? He's on Tinder. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Swipe yeah. left, please. Yeah, because several of Koresh's spiritual wives were teenagers. Now, a lot of them, that we keep saying 12. That is because the age of consent in Texas at that time was 14 uh, with the parents' permission, and the parents gave him permission. I- the community was accused, though, of child abuse by former members and anti-cult activists that were 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 seen as for what it was at the time you were going to say something kevin about that i i was just kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago i just don't understand that yeah uh, whether- that's good and i don't mean that jokingly no i it, just don't it, understand some people it. go well i you you then you're not supposed to understand it and you'll be the ones that die when we're the part of the hundred and forty four thousand. Mm-hmm. oh okay well that'll be fine <laughs> I, i'd rather not understand it it's probably well, best. Yeah. So these allegations, though, they were aired in a 1992 trial in which an ex-member sought custody of his daughter, who he was out. The, the, you know, they're, they're still in the, the daughter and the wife. And he's fighting to get and he's like, listen, they're that's his wife. You know, he's he's having sex with children. He's doing all these things. Add that to Crush's launching of you talked about the mag bag and the retail gun business. Those child abuse charges begin to attract attention of the legal authorities that are looking into everything he's doing. He's getting tons of suspicious packages. And oops, UPS, like I said, one just happened to open up and there was black powder, inert grenade casings, all sorts of crap. That yeah, is. I was like, that's fine. Black powder's fine. Uh, inert grenade casing, fine. But all sorts of crap. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, if it was crap, that would have been bad because then that's fertilizer. Yeah. Which you make uh-huh. bombs out of. So, but, but, oh, but wow. that's not what it was. I, I was trying to, yeah, I got real <laughs> serious again. <laughs> so the people start looking at him and listening to what he's saying and it's scary. I mean, this guy is, is, is talking. He's going to town. He's saying everything. He's, he's, he, he's not a quiet individual. They kind of portrayed him as, Oh, he never left the, the compound and stuff. He did. He did. And you're talking the, about Koresh? Yes. Yeah, he would be. Koresh would go often. out of the country to yeah. try to yes. recruit people. And yeah. he was yes. often the only one kind of allowed to leave, I think. Exactly. I could be wrong on that. I mean, or, or they didn't want to because he's like, well, you need to stay here. And they go, okay. He'd you go know. play uh, at bars and mm-hmm. he would allow himself to drink beer, but nobody at the compound could have anything to do. Well, drink. and the thing is, you know, the, they start an investigation and that actually included sending an undercover agent in whose identity actually David learned of. He knew he was undercover. He didn't actually tell the guy he knew until the day of the raid. And he was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I know they're raiding us. He, I know you guys are raiding us. And the guy's like, ah, <laughs> like, that's a hell of a thing. But he didn't treat him any different. Yeah. 
You just knew he was, you know, okay, well, I know you're here. Do you think he was trying to keep his enemies closer to the best, so to speak, it. you know? You know, and uh, what would be his motivation? You know, maybe if he thought he was crossing his T's and dotting his lowercase J's that they they wouldn't have anything to come at him with. Well, that and also then he probably thought, I will let this be known to my followers when it's time and it's the most effective to show them how horrible the government is and look what they've done to us. And so you know, he probably sat yeah. on that until it was the most effective and useful That's true. for him. Yeah. Made you think of like the Jonestown, which the, the people were there. They weren't infiltrating. They were they looked at it as though they were infiltrating. They were just coming to check on them. And then he's like, see, see what they've sent, yep. see yeah. what's going on. And it's this grand gesture. It can be that didn't happen with this one, but it was this grand gesture. Let's go to break real quick and let's come back. What actually led up to the raid? What happened? And hopefully what we can learn from that. That's coming up next on Hysteria 51. All right, next time I come on this goddamn show. Let's do an upbeat. Yeah, let's do a new one. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow. redeem 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 how do they do it rush your 50 oh. percent off <laughs> rush <laughs> redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, 
We thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So uh, I think we're going to pick back up with one of Seabot's favorite words, threat. Guess who was a threat? Vernon Wayne Howell. Doesn't that sound like a serial killer? Guys. Guys. My name is David. Uh, actually, it's Guys. Vernon, Mr. Retardo. Uh, uh, that is such a terrible thing. But they That's a know, horrible nickname. It is. It is. Uh, and that's, you know, you, you make fun of people in school and look what happens. This shit. Columbines. Yeah. Things yeah, like that, you know? It, there for, there are uh, seeds that are sown that come to... Uh, uh, come to bear later that are, and I'm not saying obviously it's because of that, but I'm sure that didn't help. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. Vernon, he's now David Crush. He's making moves and building an army. You could make the the statement of, of devout followers. And when I say army, he's arming them. Literally uh, an army. He's literally yeah. arming them. Investigators start reading this apocalyptic language of the Bible that he's adopting and the whole group's adopting. And they start to worry. And it's not a far leap to, to start going down that path and worrying when they're going down these apocalyptic ways. And like I said last week, this was a doomsday cult, an end, not doomsday. I want to, an end times cult. Definitely. And the fear was that the, the branch Davidians might attack their neighbors or even Waco while fulfilling this end time prophecy. Like they, they, they thought that they would have to do something to quote jumpstart the end times, maybe like. Cre- do, what, yeah. Or when they saw it as the end times, they might just do that. Period. And I think like, when they yeah. felt like, and I, I can't remember the specific seals, but I think at a certain point of, in the seals being broken, um, you know, they would, uh, it would be something where they would consider going on the offensive. Yeah. You know, I don't know right, for right. sure, but I think that that's Speaking what of the they were concerned seals, about. Which is one, one of the things that he, he taught and, and preached. And, like that, his and main, did. that was his main. Oh, that was his thing. Gig, was his thing. right? Yeah. yeah. And the reason the second leader was ousted was the end of the world was supposed to be. This is going way back yep. on April 22nd of 1959. And spoiler alert, I don't know if a lot of you know this or not. It didn't happen. The world did not end yeah. in 1959. Uh, way to ruin it. So the original leader was Victor Hotef or Hotef. He died of heart failure in 55. 
his wife Florence, this is Victor's wife, made this end time prophecy and, in fifty nine. You said April twenty second, nineteen fifty nine. That's really mm-hmm. interesting because yes. that is less than four months before David it's when Koresh he was, was born. And that has been something that they've talked about. And more than one thousand followers at that time yeah. sold everything they had and descended on Mount Carmel the compound to witness these miraculous events that were about to unfold in April 22nd. And the day came and went without anything happening. Awkward. Little bit, little bit. That's when after that, then we had the, the rodents come in and take over and authorities were taking note things like that. They didn't want to have happening again. And that's a happy ending. I guess when you think about it, as to where it could have went, there's just nothing happening. They go, oh, and I, I guess we go about our business. There's a ton of stuff here. We're not going to be able to unpack it all because there's also different stories and contexts and depending on who you talk. But the long and the short above the abuse and the rape was that guns and legal weapons were being brought or funneled or created or sold through there. And they had proof of it. And in early 93, ATF agents in Texas requested a search warrant from Mount Carmel after, among other things, suspicious packages were reported to being delivered. We talked about the UPS getting mm-hmm. a, uh, a nasty uh, surprise. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be scary. Yep. And an arrest warrant was issued for David Koresh and to search Mount Carmel, mm-hmm. though the ATF, they referred to arrest David when he was outside, but the planners received inaccurate information that he, he never left. He left all the time, like you said. Right. You know, he was going out and he was playing music. He was going. He, went to, he did the grocery shopping at Sam's Club or something like that. Like he would buy the bulk food for the mm-hmm. people. Yeah, that would make sense. But like they said, they heard, oh, he never leaves. So you're going to, you're not going to find him out here. They also, the problem is the Branch Davidian members were all known locally and friendly with the local. That's where I buy my guns. That's, you know, I'm, you know, we, they're nice. They take care. They got 77 acres out there. It's looking good. You know, whatever. They're a little weird, but the Davidians were upstanding citizens as far as the people around them considered them. And then you got Branch Davidian Paul Fata, or Fata, F-A-T-T-A. We talked about him a little. He was the FFL licensed, you know, federal firearm licensed dealer. Mag bag is what he operated. And I think he was the guy last week when we talked about someone in prison that was still a true believer. I think that was him. So yeah. what if I remember right out during the siege, he was gone. He left for a show. Mm-hmm. He tried to get back in. Ah. And I believe that's one of the reasons he was arrested. Uh, I might be wrong on that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. But when she- and why is he in prison for something related to this? Yes. Okay. And when shipments for the they they had arrived for Mad Magbag, they were always signed by Fata or this guy named Steve Schneider or Koresh, people that were okayed to sign for these. That you, not just anyone could sign for them. They could, but they decided to make a surprise force entry rather than serve the warrant. Why? That's just that is a question that has been asked okay. by many 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 people. Why? Well, there are some reasons as to speculations but it was the wrong idea so on sunday morning the 28th of february in 93 the atf alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives they they leave that off you know it, it rings a little better they launched a raid and a convoy a convoy of vehicles came to the property more than 70 agents in full swat gear came and of course here's the problem the press hears about that they're going to want to go out there then they go where the hell do we go? Well, we'll just stop and ask the local mailman because he's going to know where to go. So they pull over and they're like, hey, mailman, 
how do we get out there? Because ATF's going to raid this place. And he's like, oh, well, let me tell you. He tells him, yeah. and then he picks up the phone because guess what? The local mailman is also Koresh's brother-in-law. Well, yes. What? What so, was his name? David Jones. And <laughs> I, I think you you loved his work with that band he was in, right? Beatles ripoff. Really? I think the Beatles could learn a thing or two from the monkeys. Every time the monkeys play, the Beatles be like, here they come, walking, walking down t- the street. <laughs> and they don't just monkey around. Yeah. <laughs> They're too busy singing. That's right. The colony buddy, Mr. Retardo. You're as evil as Seabot. Bullshit. So instead of letting him in, gunfire breaks out as one is to do when you raid a. For real, the word hasn't really brought up, but it was a religious militia, same as. And they knew they were coming. They were tipped off. And the man inside that they had, they had the guy inside. He knew they knew. We'll tell you about that in a second, but he knew they knew, warned them, and they still did the raid anyway. He knew because David goes, oh, yeah, your guys are coming to raid us, and we know. That is how he found out that David knew. He didn't even know. He so said the, that, the yeah. undercover agent. Right, and did the agent radio back and be their like, agent's uh, like, hey, ah, and he excused himself and left, oh. and, and yeah. Uh, I got a muffin cooking. A, mu- a muffin? I, got, I don't know. I got, I don't I got, a, I got a thing, I got and, a, I got, and I got to wash my hair. I got to not sleep with any women <laughs> over here uh, uh, in band practice. In band practice, David Crash would probably be like, oh, shit, am I late? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He played the kazoo in the theremin. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, I, I, I play a mean uh, nose flute. Have you ever heard of a nose flute? <laughs> yes, sir. I, I have. Yeah. I got a couple downstairs. Yes, you do. So that's what's going on. It's a clusterfuck. I think that is the, the proper terminology. I think it's actually used in the report. It is. Well, it is because they don't even know who the fuck fired first yeah. because everyone shows up there. Reporters actually say the ATF did when they had kennels full of dogs and they went out there and started shooting the dogs, just killing them because the ATF yeah. was shooting. Yeah, the they dogs? killed the dogs so that they wouldn't, you know, they don't want them to be released or something oh, like that. Gotcha. And uh-huh. ugh, so then they open fire. The Branch Davidians open fire. That's one. That's what the reporters say. But in the ensuing offshoot of that gun battle, four officers die and six. Uh, members of the Branch Davidians. And is this gun battle all takes place on the 28th? Just yeah, this is that day. first day. Okay. It's going on. Koresh is actually wounded. He's shot in the hand and the stomach. They don't breach, though. They don't get in the walls. And the, actually, a 1999 federal report noted, this is a quote from there, the violent tendencies of dangerous cults can be classified in two general categories, defensive violence and offensive violence. Defensive violence is utilized by cults to defend a compound or enclave that was created specifically to eliminate most contact with the dominant culture. The 1993 clash in Waco, Texas at the Branch Davidian Complex is an illustration of such defensive violence. History has shown that groups that seek to withdraw from the dominant culture seldom act on their beliefs that the end time has come and less provoked, meaning this brought in the violence. They weren't doing anything per se violent until they were perceived. So you're saying it was reactionary as opposed to Mm -hmm. proactive. Yeah. So a little bit less, you know, militias more tend to say like, we're going to make change and stuff. These were just prepared for the change kind of thing. A little paranoid. So ATF agents established contact with Koresh and others inside the compound, and they withdrew because they're getting nowhere. They're literally. It was a botch in every. And, and, and at the risk of sounding like a an armchair uh, hostage negotiator. I, I, That's what I've always thought about you. I, uh, I dabble in it. You know, I think that um, 
it was botched, and I don't know if they had a uh, like a secondary plan. Well, they did. Well, they <laughs> went in there with guns and blazing, and they were kind of outgunned. And they're like, yeah. oh, but they had to. They knew how many guns were in there, right? I th- I don't. I mean, you can track a certain amount, but probably I some guess of it that's was. Fair. And they probably did not the fervent nature of their belief and stuff that they they would not back down. Well, no, you know, and so they so they make contact with the inside, and the the famous standoff that happened ensues. The FBI at that point takes over because they're like, "We got this, ATF. You didn't do good." And this lasts fifty one damn days. Fifty one days. And it, talk you about said six. Sorry, six people, six officers were wounded, or six people inside the. Uh, four officers uh, were killed uh, during that initial outburst, uh-huh. and then six of the Branch Davidians inside were were killed. They were killed, and Koresh was wounded. Koresh was wounded. Yeah, and you've seen the. I don't know if you've heard the tapes where he's like, "I'm dying," you know, and all this stuff. He's yelling. And I like, haven't. No, yeah, I haven't. they got. I mean, I, that he doesn't sound like I said it, but <laughs> you know, he's talking about that, and, and they were going to make sure that it was hell on the people inside there uh during the siege that was going on they used sleep deprivation they used sending in and out tapes trying to talk to people mm-hmm. taking his demands things like that but then they played like tapes of rabbits being slaughtered and crazy shit like seals that. and crocs yeah, albums to, yeah. like to drive these people mad and yeah. it's funny because he was already they're like he's already using sleep deprivation on us so like this is old hat we know right. what's going on and uh, critics have said that they they've they're they were trying to have sleep disturbance and they were trying to take someone that was viewed as unstable from the start. So you're trying to drive him crazy. Well, that's how you get fucking mad crazy because he does something that they think, well, it's irrational. He was already crazy. He's sleep deprived. Wounded. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Going back to the beginning of the first few days, the FBI believed they'd made a breakthrough. That's, mm-hmm. and I think you, JT, brought this up when they negotiated with Crash an agreement that the Branch of Indians would peacefully leave in return for a message re- recorded right. by Koresh being broadcast on national radio. Yep. He was also going to write. He was mm-hmm. going to write the Seven Seals. Yep. But that was separately <laughs> from this this broadcast. So they go, okay, and they make the broadcast. The yep. broadcast is made. Then Koresh goes, oh, mate, I'm sorry. God told me to remain in the building and wait. I hate when that happens. Right? Don't you hate it? You're ready to leave, and God goes, mm. uh, yeah. I, and I, a big I, burning finger I, came I, down I, and yeah. wagged back and forth. No, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I didn't want to say it over and over again, but what a fucking asshole. What? He's so full of shit. Okay, move on. So, yeah, he got he got his message out and then he goes, no, nope, just kidding. So despite that, though, soon afterwards, negotiators managed to, to facilitate, thankfully, the release of 19 children. And they range in age from five months to 12 years old. That is just the children. Their parents didn't come out. At that time, though, there were 98 people still in. So we've got the 98 that were in there. We had 19 that just left. So 117 plus 6 that killed. 123. There yeah. you go. So 123 people that were in there at that, that time. It's a lot of people. A lot of people. Thank you for your math skills. Um, thank you. He's savant-like. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's amazing. And then we got the the kids come out. Of course, they're going to be interviewed. Yeah. Uh, the FBI and the Texas Rangers actually took over that. Uh, some for, unfortunately, their their parents aren't there. Hours and 
hours at a time, which was kind of a, and it's, a, these a, kids had no torture. choice about no. where they were raised, where they where they lived. And a lot of times when this is going on, they all moved into like one area, this whole bunker type area inside there, and they're just living on. You know, they were cutting the power, they were cutting the water, they were going to starve them out or or wait them out. Uh, it was not a fun fifty-one days. That's that's some like old-fashioned siege warfare. If you think about that's, I mean, when people had walled cities in antiquity, um, mm-hmm. that's what uh, you know. Throw the attacking. dead animals over and wait, you know. <laughs> yeah. And this was actually this stuff was one of the key justifications that the FBI cited both uh, to Bill Clinton at the time, who was president, and Attorney Janet Reno for launching the tear gas attacks to force them out of the compound is is these children that the they they had said that they had been physically and sexually abused long before the standoff that is what they got out of them is that they had been just exposed to things that were bad real bad by by david crush himself so they go to the president they go to janet reno and they say this is happening on the flip side crush's discussions with negotiation team become difficult that's one way to put it uh, he said that he was the second coming of Christ and had been commanded by his father in heaven to remain in the compound. And actually, one week prior to the April 19th assault, FBI planners considered using snipers to actually kill Koresh and take over possibly other key branch Davidians also at the time. And they actually had concerns that the branch might commit mass suicide. That's what they were really worried about. Oh. Uh, that happened, like we said, in 78 at yeah. the, the Jonestown complex. Did they Did they have a line of sight on him? In there? Well, they talked about, like, he goes outside of the building. Think you can have a sniper somewhere and just wait. Oh, okay. You know, this is before they were they sieged the place. So. Oh, okay, right. He denied, though. Koresh denied repeatedly any plans for mass suicide when he was, he was confronted by the negotiators. And people leaving the compound actually said that they had never had any preparations. Now, if you remember, going back to Jonestown, they did the White Knight ceremony yeah, over and over and over he would make them drink cool, yeah kool-aid or flavor mm-hmm. aid they had both it's funny it's it was actually flavor of the use yep. but in the video they opens the trunk and it's like full of flavor aid and kool-aid all the you know so he'd, i guess if you had a you know pick your poison so oh, that was actually a bad yeah but uh Jesus but that is you know yeah i didn't mean that um <laughs> it's a tricky situation and you got janet reno she's the newly appointed Attorney General knew as in like a couple months on yeah. the job, and she Not and even. she was having her dance party at the same That's time right. on Janet SNL. Play my song. Play, play I I think it, I don't know exactly, but the first Attorney General nominee for Bill Clinton uh, had to uh, go out of the running, so she was like really new. Um, I'm sure somebody out there knows exactly like when she started. She's yeah, only been like two months. It's yeah, like absolutely. February or March when yeah, she was yeah, confirmed. Yeah. yeah, well, February was this was whenever it was yeah. She approved recommendations by FBI hostage rescue team to mount an assault. The FBI is the one who called for the assault. They said that's what they needed after being told that the conditions there were bad and children were being abused because the children told her that. She ran all this to Clinton and President Clinton actually suggested blockade without a deadline to not have loss of life. That is something that they had done previously and just they call it blockade without a deadline, meaning let it go. Let it run out. They're eventually going to give up. We've cut their water off. They've only got so much food. Finally, they're you know, shit or get off the pot kind of thing. But Janarino told him that the FBI hostage team was tired of waiting. That's one of the things she said. And that the standoff cost a million dollars per week. 
tired of waiting. They were tired of waiting. 51 days. Mm-hmm. And the branch of Indians could hold out longer than the, they, they, they could wait them out. Like the chances of, of child sex abuse and mass suicide were imminent. The longer they waited, the more children were being abused. So, so Brent, they, they got the there. 19 out, but there were still some children then that were still in there. There, there were several, yeah. several, gotcha. several children, lots gotcha. of them. Clinton, here's a quote. Finally, I told her that if she thought it was the right thing to do, she could go ahead because that's the, the intel he said he was getting. And during the attack, they, they launched, we talked about, they went in with the, the tear gas. They launched it through all the windows. They took that tank and mm-hmm. where you think of a gun was a battering ram. They're, they're ramming the walls. A fire engulfed the Mount Carmel complex, the whole center. Now, at around noon, actually three fires broke out. And the weird thing is they, they started almost simultaneously in different parts of the building and it spread very quickly. And that's the thing that people remember is footage was broadcast live yep, on television. Yep, I remember that. Thing. Yep. And the government, the powers that be maintained that the fires were deliberately started by the branch Davidians. And some branch Davidians, the survivors maintain that the fires were accidentally or deliberately started by the assault, meaning that the FBI and the people involved started them. Now, there have been talks of whether it could be true and some other Davidians, very few, but have said that they, they, they heard people saying, burn it, just burn it, you know, things like that. It's all conjecture. Unfortunately, we're. Meaning the Davidians were saying that the government, somebody from the government no, was saying burn people inside were saying. Oh, I got it. Okay. Is it kind of like the sinking of submarines where they would rather have, you know, they would rather have all of the resources destroyed than to have the government, right. you know, right. uh, be yeah. able to obtain them. Destroy it. You know, yeah. this resulted 76 deaths at Branch Vidalian. You said there were more 20 children. 20 children were killed, two pregnant women and oh David Koresh. Jesus. And this is where. Things get tricky after that, you know, the, the whole aftermath. Let's go to break. We come back. Let's talk the aftermath of the fire. Uh, yeah. Happy times on Hysteria 51. Yeah, I remember. Um, I can just picture the flames shooting out of the Feel better. Um, not this time. Well, I got news that's good. I hope we're bringing it home. Okay, we're, we're in the home stretch. All right. You had a, a long day, and luckily you had something to, to talk and laugh about uh, for a topic <laughs> on the show. And now we're going to bring it home. You'll be you'll be lost without me. I know. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Air supply. Air supply reference. True, because Kevin could just make love out of nothing at all. <laughs> Out of nothing at all. Oh, yeah. All right. So who started the fire? That's what we were kind of talking about. Uh, the FBI says they didn't, but many say the FBI started it. Many say the Branch Davidians started it. Some of them came out and said it was their in plan. Others have said that there was nothing about that. Suicide pact type stuff, but it was more of a uh, pushed on them. Well, then that's the decision we made, uh, you know, or, or thoughts about that. Burn the place if we can't hold the government off any longer because this is in times for them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Only nine people left the building while it was on fire. Now, Jesus. that is a terrible thing to think about. But, you know, the remaining Davidians, including the children, 
were either buried alive by rubble, suffocated, shot. Some were shot because they were shooting into the building. Many were killed by smoke or carbon monoxide inhalation because everything's on fire. And other causes uh, as fire engulfed the building, just people burned. And according to the FBI, uh, Steve Schneider, Koresh's top aide, shot and killed Koresh and then himself is what they say. So he took that way out. Are they are they I didn't couldn't find in my research. Was it something where he wanted him to do that? Is I, that what I they believe think? that that was the, the thought process, gotcha. like the, the Jim Jones, you know, yeah. well, then you take me and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because yeah, Jim Jones was shot. Mm-hmm. He did not drink the correct flavor it on yep. a pillow from yep. what I learned yep. from you guys. Yep. Uh, and all 76 people, like we said, died during that raid. A couple different people looked into this. The Texas Ranger arson investigation report assumes that many of the occupants were either denied escape or refused to leave until escape wasn't an option. Now, denied escape means that they just they couldn't get it. Uh, structural debris from the breaching had blocked off possible escape routes through there was a tunnel system. They hit the walls, they fell down onto it, and they couldn't get out, some of them. So they just couldn't do it. Others, it looked like they could have got out, and they just said, now we're good. We're going to stay here and kumbaya until it's all over. Either way is is terrifying. Yeah. You know? There was an independent investigation by two experts at the University of Maryland. They had a, a Department of Fire Protection Engineering, and they concluded that the compound residents had sufficient time to escape if they had so desired, meaning even though that the structure was burning and parts were blocked off, they said there were other routes and they could have gotten out at any time. They just waited and waited and waited. So uh, that's interesting. I actually would have thought that that probably would have been from the Texas Rangers, but that was the independent investigation. Yeah. Autopsy records also indicate that at least 20 Branch Davidians were shot, including Koresh, as well as Five children under the age of 14. Uh, three-year-old Dalen Gent was stabbed in oh the chest. Oh, my Lord. What the fuck? Yeah. The medical examiner who performed the autopsies believed that these were deaths of mercy killings by the, the Branch of Indians trapped in. There's fire. As in There's they no didn't escape. want them to. Okay. They yeah. opened fire on themselves. Gotcha. Yeah. It's better to be shot or stabbed than, than to, to burn to, to death. Burn to death. The expert also retained by the U.S. Office of Special Counsel concluded that many of the gunshot wounds supported self-destruction either by overt suicide, consensual execution, meaning suicide by proxy. The, the Jim Jones, you shoot me and then shoot yourself or the David Koresh or less likely forced execution, meaning I'm going to kill you whether you want it or not. Meaning they would force execute people who said, I have to get out of here. Yep. And they're and like, you can't leave. Meaning rather those were the gunshots than outside personnel shooting inward and killing. people. Got it. Okay. So there's a lot of aftermath. This is a disgusting story. And I thought that we remember it very well. It's a horrible thing. And I think one of the aftermaths is, other than it being a blight on the U.S., a blight on Janet Reno, a blight on the FBI and the ATF, was the people that you talk to, and I think we, uh, JT, we were talking about this off the air, people that were the, the Branch Davidians don't feel bad that it had they don't feel bad for what they did they they still they would wish it upon themselves to be branch davidians again some don't yeah i mean we need to definitely qualify because there's plenty that especially the children yeah who have looked back but a lot of the adults a lot of them blame the government and blame everyone except for themselves or david koresh and still say he did nothing wrong 
Yeah, and there and like I said, there's the whoever the person is in prison who I can't remember the name of. Um, you know, he is still actively he has not budged in his belief of uh, David Crash as the sinful Messiah that will return and open the seals, and yeah. um, which is um, that's that's astounding that someone could still yeah. you know that that is that is an inflexible uh, theology. <laughs> It's uh, almost impressive. And uh, sorry, you said he does some writing on the subject in, uh, from prison, or he just kind of espouses his. So belief. I don't know what it actually was. It was um, I don't know. If, I think it was an interview, is what it was with him. Um, I can't remember. Um, I wish I could, but either via an interview or via writing, um, he indicated uh, that it was basically that it was still uh, a living theology. So was to speak, eight. So. Eight of the Branch Davidians were sentenced to between five and 40 years for their roles in the shootout. They were shooting at people, and they were ones that got out. So they went to prison. No matter what, you can't shoot at the government. Pussy. Or you shouldn't. Is it- <laughs> you know? I think that's a, that's a rule. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk to the people that were involved in this, and they've gone on record. In fact, here's a, a quote. I think the FBI never tried to understand our beliefs. That's from... Kat Schroeder, she was one of the Branch of Indians. She's one of Koresh's numerous wives and the only female member to be charged and imprisoned for the siege. So all the arrests were men. She's the only one. And that's a, that clip of her saying that is from an A&E documentary special, Waco, Madman or Messiah. Which is a, it's a good documentary. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a thing to think about. And you've got these people that looked back on it and they see it as, they still blame and you can there is a lot of blame to give to the government, but there's a lot of blame to give to David Koresh and his followers, too. You know, there's no one whose hands aren't clean in this one. I think that's mental illness begets mental illness in a lot of ways. And then show of force isn't always the answer. And I think this is the the ultimate example of that. Yeah, and let's let's talk personality disorders a little bit, if you don't mind. Personality disorders are are one of the most difficult to treat and least successful uh, mental illnesses that mm-hmm. there is um, because uh, it's so ingrained. I mean, they don't call it personality for, you know, for nothing. Uh, it's so ingrained. It is such a huge part of who they are as, right. as people right. at that point. Uh, and also usually people with personality disorders don't often seek treatment um, yeah. because of the fact that it's usually a, a lens problem. It's a paradigm problem of how they see their world. Um, it's not something that's often treated or treated well. Uh, and so the question that always comes to my mind with David Koresh um, and other uh, cult leaders as well is, and, and also some of his inner circle, what amount uh, of responsibility falls on them as people versus what can be chalked up to uh, having a worldview that was so twisted um, that they were no longer in touch with reality? Well, it's a lot easier to just blame others, period, no matter what it is. Blame, 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 and I'm not to blame, and you didn't understand. And and the, there is truth in that. There is absolute truth, and in, in we, we as the, the government probably didn't really understand what was going on. But it's your duty to try to let us know. And when your views are so far from the norm and what is legal, maybe it's time to step back and and really evaluate that. And if you can't, 
maybe you do have a problem. But that's why I was about to say. I mean, in this case, he obviously could not. He he saw well, and the people wrong. that were under him couldn't either. That's the thing. Well, I think that goes back to the cult leader thing again. What we talked about in the last week's episode, a little bit today. These people get so uh, groupthink. They get so in, uh, enamored of this, and the fact that somebody was on that documentary twenty some years later saying, "Well, we still believe it." It's well, just I think cult leaders want that hive mind. They yeah, want, they do. Like. That's Here's what easy you need to control. To think. Here's what yeah. you need to think. And if you don't... Have you ever seen the psychological experiment where they show three different uh, lines that are different links? Mm-hmm. And they ask people to say which of these two are the same. And there'll be one that'll be here and there'll be three options. And one is very clearly, obviously, the same length. The first three or four people are plants mm-hmm. from the experimenters that say it's the long one. It's the long one. It's the long one. And what they found is that even people that have no visual impairments that are not you know, cognitively impaired go will, will go along with it because wow. they're like, well, obviously they're seeing something I'm not. I don't want to look like an idiot and say it's the middle one. So they say it's the long one. And I almost feel like I'm sure, again, people are complex and gray. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not every single person was a water-carrying uh, drone of crash, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people probably were like, every, they all think this. I got to well, be right. Yeah, what, that's what is, really well said. What is weird to me on this one is when we've done, especially the Heaven's Gate and Jonestown and now Waco, looking into them, I, I hate to say this, but when you look into the Heaven's Gate people, there was a type of person that was there and you knew that they had mental illness, like for the most part, listening, looking and, and all that. When you watch the old footage, the branch Davidians seem like people like normal people when they talk to them, which is a little more alarming in some ways. Now, of course they had kooky beliefs and they're living in a commune, you know, in a compound, but, but, the you fact know, that they could, though, them. integrate into regular society around them. Exactly. Yeah, and they that's were, the thing. you know, respected neighbors, people mm-hmm. uh, like them, friendly, et cetera. And this is nowhere near a full telling of the story. I mean, and there are so many documentaries you can watch and, and uh, short clips and videos and books and everything. And you should. And go and listen to some of these people because it is fascinating. But it, it is a, a story worth telling. Hmm. And it's a cautionary tale, I think, as well. Uh, again, unchecked um extremist religious viewpoints um can be very 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 dangerous and i think consumption of power by individuals is a is a hell of a thing it's a good thing i'm lazy that's all i'm saying (laughs) 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 so that's our thoughts i'd love to hear what are your guys thoughts on the actual siege itself tell us was the the government in the wrong what were the the davidians in the wrong what could have done like how would you have handled it that is a good conversation to have this week. Let's talk about that on Hysteria Nation. Just go to Facebook, look up Hysteria Nation. That is our discussion page. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our Facebook regular page, not the group. You can find this episode and lots of funny, random stuff on there. If you want to hear lots of fun episodes, we're in a new place. Mondays, KGRARadio.com. KGRA. Just look up KGRA. You can find us on there. Lots of content coming up. We're going to have some new special episodes just on there. So make sure, please check it out and check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can find t-shirts, posters. You can host your own show. You can pick a topic. You can, I don't know, 
for three fifty, I'll draw you a picture of the Loch Ness monster. Someone actually asked for that. Like, if I pay three fifty, will you draw me a picture of the Loch Ness monster? I said, Yes, I will. I will. And it's going to look like a third grader did it. And it that's did. actually being probably nice. generous. That's yeah. So, so if I come back enough, Brent, uh, will, will I earn a bumper? You know what? Uh, that is true. Yeah, you, you sure will. We'll we'll get Seabot working on it right Good away. Good luck with that. But speaking of you coming back, you're writing. Tell us, tell yeah. us. Hopefully, you're going to be writing more books because your your new one, uh, what is called Bloody Scab in Space. <laughs> what was it again? I've already. It's close. That's close. So we talked like, about it. That's not funny. In uh, the back of his head, he's like this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it a little bit last week, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Scab Among the Stars. It's the first book in a series, um, which will be either three, seven, or eight books long, depending on how uh, industrious I am. Depending on if George Lucas buys it or not. Or what you <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let him write the love dialogue. Yes. It's so, so good when he does. Yes. <laughs> Disney's already knocking at his yeah. doorstep. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm saying that six years from now, it's made into a movie, and you're like... <laughs> Uh, Brent Hands here? I don't know who that is. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, Scab Among the Stars, uh, dark fantasy book. Uh, in the, in the, uh, it, it would be a cousin to, uh, to Neil Gaiman, to, mm-hmm. uh, to China Meville, to maybe even on some level George R.R. R. Martin. It's grim, it's dark, it's engaging, uh, and, uh, I look forward to, uh, to people picking it up. The man to my left here has read it. I have read it, yeah. and it's fantastic. And I, and I think I said it last week, but I'll say it again. Uh, I'm a big reader, but this isn't really my cup of tea, this genre. Uh, but this was a book that uh, I read in a binder. You know what and, is that, and, in this genre you would probably like? Well, you ever read like, uh, Foundation or Empire? See, I, I have those, and yeah. I need to read them. And I, because it's and in I need space, to read Dune. but it's all just like political it is. bullshit. Yeah. 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 And... Yeah, and <laughs> posturing yeah. that's like more of your style you that know? is and and but with, space debating <laughs> you're saying i like space debate well i mean that's more i mean that's your, i know that's I, he did say you like space docking from what i understand yes ah, damn it that's his website space docking.edu <laughs> i don't know what that is but it terrifies me just the thought of it. i literally don't know what you're talking about but i'm frightened um, god well, knows i do brent will tell you or show you off air no uh and uh but going Producer back to lisa has a manual Going back to John Thomas's book, uh, sorry, J.T.R. Brown's book. Um, again, I don't read a lot of dark fantasy speculative fiction, but I, I was uh, gripped by this book. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I was pretty proud of him. Still am. It's good stuff. Speculative fiction is how they refer to my portfolio, which I don't think is good, like with my money. This is not speculative fiction. That's not real good. Again, you know, seriously, guys, check this out. And if you got questions, you can. Oh, and it can find uh, exclusively on Amazon. I forgot to mention that. So uh, Amazon in Kindle or in paperback form. Uh, And if you want to read my ranting on professional wrestling or or theology or any other thing that I feel like talking about, uh, www.jtrbrownwriting.com. Nice. Also, nice. one last thing, I'll, I'll plug this. Uh, John Thomas was on uh, my podcast, Sad Times. Yes. Had a really great episode, just under J.T. Brown. Uh, but like his mother, I refuse to call him that. Yeah. Um, but he you, is my mother. It's uh, really complicated. It's, it's really, really complicated. Talk just about call personality me, disorder. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes, check mother. out that episode. I think. Uh, yes, mother. As eloquent as as. That's, you know, from that's Psycho. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, as eloquent as... sinful mother. You know, it's, it's all... <laughs> that's right. 
as eloquent as John Thomas has been uh, uh, this week and last week, I mean, he really goes into a lot of deep things on the Sad Times episode having to do with religion, uncertainty, questioning faith. Uh, and it's a really good listen. So, so it is. It it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Yeah. And whoever put it together. Just knocked it out of the park. Yes, thank you very much. I don't know who that was. Oh, I don't either. Some guy with last name Foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Bert Foot. I remember Bert Foot. I remember in college, uh, our our friend Nick, my roommate Nick, had a, a friend named Jackson Foot, and I'm just like, you can't be in the same room with me. Like, I don't think this is gonna work. What would happen to that guy? Uh, <laughs> well, he's now running his own branch Davidian. <laughs> Sacked out. And then you also had a, a cousin mouth. So yes. your hand, foot, and mouth. Yeah, hand, foot, hand, foot, and mouth. It's a disease. <laughs> yeah, it's a disease. Yeah. And that's what you took on the road. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, but not on the road as much as David Koresh's band would have been if he just stuck with it a little longer. Because I'm sure, I wonder if I can play his music at the end of this. I wonder if that's any, uh, someone actually owns that, right? I'm you know what? I'm going to post that next week. Or this week, or whatever, on, and see on if the, somebody on knows Facebook. It? Yeah, I'll put it on Facebook so you can jam out to some sinful messiah. And uh, right. who were they opening for? I forget what was the other one. Uh, I already f- seven, the uh, seal lamb of seal lamb of Sla- slain lamb slain lamb slain lamb. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Lamb of God is a band. Yeah, that lamb is of God a is yeah. a- as is a band called Swamp Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So if you want to talk about Swamp Ass, call 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. That's where you can leave us a voicemail. Here's up on the show. If you forget any of our links, just go to the new and improved Hysteria51.com. I've, we've been around for three years. This is my third go at the website. I keep changing it. Every year I, I redo it. I redid it again. It's completely new. Tell a friend about the show. Hopefully this uh, might open some of your eyes if you didn't really know about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. And uh, it's not fun to talk about, but I think it's important to talk about these things. So that's why we do it. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. JTR Brown. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.